This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. I appreciate you stopping by for a short, let's call it 30-minute visit today. Uh, look, Today's a big one. Today's one I have been uh, looking forward to for the last couple of weeks um, to the point where I have not even announced the name of the guest because I was afraid of jinxing myself. Um, today I have Brittle Star. Um, that's probably how you know him. Uh, Stuart. And Jesus Christ, what a fun conversation this turned out to be. Um, he did not disappoint. He is as charming and, and lovable as you'd expect him to be. And uh, what I ask in return for providing you this entertainment is take 10 seconds and hit subscribe. Wherever you're watching or listening to this, just uh, tap the old subscribe button. Greatly appreciate it. Now, my interview with Brittle Star. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I am joined by a guest who really shouldn't even be on the show. Uh, Stuart Reynolds, Brittle Star. You know him. You love him. Uh, the Internet's most famous dad, popular dad, favorite dad is what you have on your uh, website. So thank you for joining, Stuart. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I, so last week when you and I, uh, what? first off, when I slid into your DMs and asked for this interview, uh, <laughs> I, I was shooting my shot. No, no chance yeah. in hell. Um, but much to my surprise, you responded. And we had some back and forth last week. And while we're having the back and forth, uh, your birthday was last week. Yeah. Uh, happy Blade. And I'm watching Mayor John Tory and then the Prime yeah. Minister yeah. Uh, say, happy birthday, Brittle Star. And I'm like, why the fuck is he coming on my show? <laughs> he must have better things to do. <laughs> That's because John Tory and Trudeau don't have podcasts. That's why. Oh. Otherwise, you would have dropped down the list. Obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's what just luck it worked out. Oh, well, I'm, I'll send a thank you note to them. I'm sure Trudeau <laughs> will appreciate the note from me. Um, so I, I, I'll, I will say this. Um, I have a dumb question. Why Sorry. Brittle Star? Mm-hmm. What is Brittle a, Star? Sure. What's a great question? So basically, Brittle Star is actually a band name. Um, back in 2004, I was making an album and uh, I'd done music for a very long time. And I thought, well, at the time I was 34 and I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to just do it. Cause I, I was kind of like realizing that I was waiting on someone to say, you can make an album now. That's not how life works. It's like, you just got to just do it, figure out a way to do it. So I, I worked hard at it and did it. And I thought, uh, and I ended up working with this guy named Stephen Duffy, who's, uh, one of the founding members of Duran Duran and worked with Robbie Williams at the time and, uh, bare naked ladies and all that kind of stuff. And of course, Stephen Tintin Duffy. Um, and, uh, so I was like, okay, well, I can't just release this under the name Stuart Reynolds. Cause like no one's going to wear that on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's going to look stupid on a t-shirt, right? It's not a cool name. Um, so I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll, I'll pick a name. And my oldest son, Owen, was three at the time. And he uh, had this marine life book that he loved reading before bed. So we'd read through it. And in the starfish, 
starfish section, uh, there are these long and spindly uh, starfish called brittle stars, and uh, they're the ugliest of the starfish. Um, they uh, they they can see through their tentacles and they defecate out of their mouths. And I was like, that's perfect. I'll take that. <laughs> and so I just had all the socials and stuff. So I had like all the you know like the Twitter account and. Facebook pages and uh, domain names and stuff like that. And I was like, when Vine came along, I started making videos. It was like, eh, I'll just stick with Brittle Star and see how it goes. And now it's, I, I mean, this is how the edge feels probably. Or Sting, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You're stuck with it. And it's funny because you mentioned the, uh, the, the the starfish thing. When I Google Brittle Star and I'm trying to, like, you know, do a little research. Yeah. I want to come prepared. I want to be <laughs> want to be ready. I'm like, what? The, there's no way he named himself after a starfish. Uh, yeah. But you, you totally did. Turns out. Yeah, exactly. It just was it the cool, defecating it? out of the mouth that sold you? I think that that was a little bit of the wink and the nod from the universe that I was like, yeah, that's the one for me. That makes sense. <laughs> um, you mentioned you, you mentioned uh, one of your boys, Owen, yes. the older one. Uh, you also yeah. have Gregor. Am I yeah. pronouncing that correctly? That's correct, uh, yeah. And you have been a social media celebrity celebrity darling if you will darling think, social darling. media darling that's my preferred yeah yeah uh, you know it was in you you meant you meant <laughs> you said specifically in the email make sure you call me a social, social media, media darling. darling uh yeah. so i've worked that into the conversation naturally um and <laughs> and i'm curious having two boys kind of grow up through social media as well has that how did that translate around the house and when they were at school did you was it a thing? Did it become a problem ever? Did you have to have conversations about it? I mean, yeah. I mean, we it was a weird sort of transition for all of us because we, we kind of came up, as it were, and I'm air quoting there for those people listening, um, uh, as a family doing this. And it was basically in 2013 we started doing it, um, making social media videos sort of full time. And the reason we got into it is because we were like in dire financial straits. Like we were like – we had the notice on the front door of our house. We had like, I had to go talk to bank managers to beg for time and all that kind of stuff. It was like, it was pretty dire and just nothing was working for us. And, uh, so when social media came, came along, we kind of, I started doing it just to make myself happy and to sort of make myself smile and laugh again. Like literally I was like, God, I haven't laughed in ages. And so I got into it and doing that and it worked for that purpose, which was great. And then when we had some success and we realized, Oh, we can get paid for this. It was like, Oh, Okay, well, this is what we do now, kids. Well, let's head. Everyone get their helmets on. Go into the social media mine. Let's go. We got to go get into that. Dig out those nuggets of gold. Um, and uh, so it was kind of a family affair. So we did all kind of come up at the same time. But my youngest son, Gregor, has a very successful TikTok presence on his own. Gregor Reynolds. And does really, really well. He's like me. He has no problems being center of attention. Um, and uh, whereas my oldest son, Owen, is much more like my wife, Shannon, who would much rather kind of be behind the scenes or be more of a character player or whatever, a little bit, a little bit back from the center of the stage. And uh, so it, it, there was some difficult times, a couple of times I can think of. One is uh, we had a rule, first of all, that when we got hired to do videos for brands like Disney or whoever, um, we'd be like, Listen, you can you can want all four of us, but if the kids don't want to do it, they're not doing it. They're just just it doesn't matter. Even if the la at the last minute they pull out, tough luck. That's part of the contract. They can do that if they want, because there's nothing worse than having, you know, <laughs> stage mom and stage dad forcing their kids on the camera. Laugh, have fun. <laughs> You're on the spinning teacup ride. We're loving this. Love it more. <laughs> and it's no good. And uh, so uh, we decided to make that kind of a rule. And it, and it came into play a couple of times with big contracts. It'd be like, well, okay, you're only getting three of us today. Or you're only getting two of us today. This is all you're getting. Um, 
And luckily the brands were receptive to that. I made a pretty strong argument. Like you don't want to have kids forced on the videos for you. Um, <laughs> you don't want the behind terrible. the scenes footage of that. Coming no, exactly. Out. <laughs> Cause I would threaten them with that. Eat um, this fucking sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, there was, you know, uh, our oldest son was, Owen was 14 when social media kind of really became a big thing for us. And 14 is a very difficult age on its own. Never mind to be suddenly catapulted into like, you know, notoriety in the best, in the best way, um, where, uh, you know, everybody suddenly thinks, Oh, I heard you were hanging out with the property brothers. Oh, you were doing this with this. You were doing, Oh wow. You guys are going to LA again. That's pretty, you know, and it became more of a pressure for him. Whereas opposed to my 11 year old Gregor or when he was 11 at the time, uh, he was much more like, yeah, I'm going to LA. You know what I need? A hoverboard. Somebody get me a hoverboard. I want to go to 1600 Vine and Hollywood Boulevard, and I want to just cruise around and look cool. So he was totally fine with it, whereas it was more difficult for Owen, who was much more like, yeah, I don't need this kind of attention. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine um, the pressure that you felt from the, the brands. You said the brands were pretty cool about it, but there, there's got to be that internal pressure like, hey, this is this is important this is this is a job this is yeah this is how we're putting food on the table right now yeah i think there i mean there's certainly that aspect to it and i mean that's uh, at the same time it was i think we were trying to be i mean there's no i mean here's the thing and you you'll every parent will either knows this or will know this there is no way you can be a parent without severely screwing up your children somehow it just is you're it's unavoidable even in your best efforts to not screw them up, will somehow screw them up. You're just screwed. As a parent, you're screwed. You're going to screw them up somehow. And they're going to have stuff to deal with as they get older. And everybody does. I know that I have with my parents and my kids are going to have with us and all that kind of stuff. So no matter how much you try to protect them, it's, it's going to happen. That said, um, the one thing we didn't do because this I, this career, again, air quoting, uh, is uh, has come along in the past like eight and a half, nine years, um, I... I was old enough to come into it to be like, let's just ride this. Let's just see how it goes. It was kind of like... You were comfortable in your own skin. I was very comfortable in my own skin. I was like, this is it. I started this thing when I was 43. And it's like, people used to... The kids used to comment on Vine. What are you, like 40? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm like 40. That's right, not 43. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I'd already passed the point of, of insult. It didn't matter. <laughs> so that made me kind of brazen and kind of be like, uh, you know, I don't have to do this. But at the same time, you're right. There's, I mean, you've got the electric bill sitting there and someone says, hey, will you do this brand deal? I would never involve the kids in those ones. I'd be like, I just can't. I, I, you just don't get the kids. You can get me or me if you're, you'll, you'll probably end up getting Gregor because he likes to be on camera. Um, but apart from that, you're just going to get what you get. And I did some, you know, I did a brand deal one time for a dating app and uh, I did it more, more than one time. And this is how, this is after sort of, we had a bunch of success and not a bunch, but initial success. And then it was like, well, well, no, I mean, we got, we got hired by Disney and that was great. And they paid us crazy amounts of money and we got to go to California and film. And it was really, really amazing. And then like for like three months after we were like, all right, well, what happens now? Is that it? (laughs) Was that, is that the one big flash in the pan? Which I kind of approach every opportunity in the same way, kind of like, well, this is it. This is all, it all ends after this. So, uh, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We had this brand deal come up and, and uh, they were like, do this dating app. And I was like, why would you want to hire a mar- evidently married man with a family whose whole shtick is being this schlub suburban dad and you're going to put me on a dating app ad? And I was like, but the electric bill's got to get paid. So yeah, sure, I'll do it. And I did those a few times and then had a couple of conversations with uh, some people who were 
much higher up in in social media than I am, and they were like, "Don't do that. It's you're diminishing your own brand." Like if you can somehow make it work without doing those, don't do those. You'll get paid way more money because your value is much more than than they're offering you. But there's that real world pressure. I mean, this is what makes my our youngest son Gregor such a great negotiator. He's been doing his own brand deal since he was 12, and the reason he's been doing that is because he has zero consequences, right? Even now at 19, you know he's he doesn't really have any bills. You know what I mean? So he's like, eh, whatever. So they said, well, we're gonna pay you X amount of dollars. He's like, triple that, or I'm not doing it. And sometimes they say yes. So it's like, great. Uh, has there been a deal or a social media video, whatever, that you've regretted? That you have you were like, eh, I missed the mark or I, you know. Yeah, I mean. Time hasn't yeah. aged that one well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's all those things. Like, I mean, you look back on Vine and Vine's, uh, the, the app Vine, for those who don't know, 6.4 second looping videos. Um, and it was really kind of the first big thanks to the introduction of like, you know, 3G and 4G, it was like, okay, now people can watch and create videos anywhere. Crack that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. I tried my Vine hand. It uh, didn't go well. It was a thing. It It was was absolutely a thing. You know, you had to really kind of... uh, there was a certain format, a certain pace and rhythm to those vines. And I wouldn't hit it all the time. That's for sure. But my point was, you know, there's no way you can look back over stuff and go, yeah, I feel great about everything. Cause it was just a entirely, and it sounds terrible to say a different time, but it's essentially, it was, I mean, it's like I was following the lead of other people who were doing stuff. Uh, and nothing I did was hurtful at all. Like nothing it was all silly and whatever. And there's not, I can't think of a specific thing right now where I'm thinking, Oh God, I hope they don't find that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone's seen it. Like millions of people have seen everything I've done. That sounded braggy. And I sort of, <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Millions uh, of people have seen millions everything, of I've done. everything I've done. Um, but I think that, you know, Vine was kind of the, that was kind of the, the humor on Vine was very sort of like making fun of racism and all that kind of stuff. And I think that some of those jokes for a lot of people didn't land. So when you took that into consideration, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if in general that was like the best angle because people take things very literally and I'm not sure they're going to get the joke. And if they don't get the joke, then what, oh God, what a horrible message <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that stuff there's nothing really I regret posting. Actually, I'll tell you one thing I did regret posting. The absolute thing. And it was a real lesson for me. Uh, my So Gregor had this script he had to do for an audition for the for the Odd Squad, which was a kid's show. And uh, in the script, it was spelt at ODD. And I said, what's ODD? Like, And my wife and him were like, what the hell are you talking about? It's odd. It's just odd. That's an Odd Squad. And I was like, oh, I thought it was like something, you know, some sort of like acronym for something and so we did this video where i said does your child suffer from odd 
And Gregor went by acting all silly and goofy. And he had like a baby doll coming out of his shirt. And it was all sort of like just ridiculous. And then people were on the comments right away saying, um, yeah, it stands for oppositional defiance disorder. That's what it stands for. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Okay. No, that wasn't the joke. <laughs> like I wasn't making fun of an actual disorder. I just making fun of the word odd and the fact that I was an idiot. So, I mean, we pulled that video because it was like, that's not the point. The point isn't to hurt people. I can tell you one other video, too, just I don't want to give you too much to edit. But uh, one other video well, I I'm did. I'm not editing any of this. Just... Oh, good. <laughs> one other video I did was uh, I was in Calgary on a layover at a hotel. And they had one of those uh, showers that have, like, the nozzles everywhere. They're on your he- above your head. And they're, like, on the wall. And they're, like, down by your crotch. And I was like, this is funny, right? And this is hilarious. So I did this video where I like I noticed the the showers nozzles everywhere and I'm impressed and the camera pans down you see the one by the crotch and I'm, my eyebrow goes up and then it cuts to a shot of the curtain shut with the shower running and me going oh yeah or whatever something like that and some sort of sexy music playing I posted it and I swear to God thirty seconds later this young guy in the states who's he's not that young anymore but uh, fairly compared to me he is um, he texted me and he was like no. No, just don't. Nobody wants to see anything sexual with their dad. Don't do that. Don't do that. So I pulled that one as well. I was going to say, you pulled it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I pulled it. The video. I pulled the video. Not. Got it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Clean show here. Um, that's uh, the, the ODD thing I can relate to 100% because that's one of those, like, I think everyone's done that. You put your foot in your mouth. Sure. You just happen to do it on a massive stage. <laughs> Yeah, I think I only had about 300,000 followers on Vine at that time. So Yeah, so it wasn't like, you know, terrible, but it was not great. And you feel like an idiot, but at the same time, you have to cut yourself some slack because it's like, you know, you have this massive, if you get to that, you're lucky to get to that point, you have this massive reach and you're putting stuff out there, but you, you you can't be expected to know everything. All you can be expected to do is learn quickly hopefully and then adjust and make it better that's it you go okay oh shit i didn't know that i'm so sorry done fixed that's a very canadian response there (laughs) i'm so sorry let me i've learned my lesson i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) sorry uh but uh, there's a lot of life lessons in that little segment too all you can do is learn and try to do better parenting exactly yeah all of the all of the movements all the black Lives matter lg I make mistakes. I'll be the first one sure. to say I make mistakes. Uh, but I'll hear the I'll hear the education afterwards and try not yeah. to make that mistake again. So yeah, uh, in Vine at six seconds. Oh man, was that challenging? Yeah, but it was it the was first time we could really edit apps and do that kind of like creative filmmaking. Yeah. It's essentially what it was. It was a real first sort of boost into user generated content, and uh, it suddenly meant that everybody had a little TV studio in their pocket, right? Which was amazing. And so, it, I mean, think back to the early days of Vine when you couldn't save your videos. Oh. You could edit them in the app, but you had to post it or lose it. So, uh, I mean, I remember an amazing time going over to uh, a guy named Daystorm Power and, and, he, and in West Hollywood. And we showed up, uh, me and my two sons showed up at his place to film at 4.30. And he was like, every day at 4.30, 16 people will gather here. We'll pitch ideas, we'll break off into groups, we'll film, and we'll upload. We can't upload anything later than 6.30 p.m. Pacific because everyone's gone to bed. And it was just like that was the pace of it. Every day they were doing that, and it was amazing. But it was so cool, though. It was so exciting to be part of that. Now, you hit this as as a later age. What was your first career? What were your first several careers? 
<laughs> give us give us some hope because I, I sure I'm, I'm an older I'm a late 30s guy I'm 37 yeah yep. I've been at this a, a baby. year and yep. I'm 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 trying to make a goal I've had you know a failed improviser failed stand up comic uh just and uh, this is this is working for me I'm finding this format enjoyable so give us yeah. hope what was the what was the backstory well I think the first thing to note is that you know. Uh, and it sounds cliched, but I mean, it's, I think every one of those failures, more air quotes for your listeners, um, is, uh, is not really a failure. It's a stepping stone, right? Like you don't, you, you don't get to just jump from nothing to success. You have to fail in some aspects in order to get better. Much like we were saying, you have to, you know, you, you live, you act, you learn, you get better, hopefully. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, you just have to realize that. Like, so for myself, I was really involved in music when I was younger. I've been self-employed since I was 19, apart from a few jobs here and there. Um, and, uh, you know, I did radio jingles at first because I had to make money making music to show my parents that I could make money making music. And that did okay uh, as far as a 19, 20-year-old goes. And then uh, going from there, I worked, uh, we moved to Britain and I worked for a bit at Virgin Records as a buyer. Uh, and then after that, in 98, we came back and we're like, we got it. We're going to have kids. Let's start our own business. And so we started like a web business. Um, and I, I've always, I've always loved the web, the internet in general. And I've been a keen user since 92. And uh, uh, it's, you know, I find it really exciting. But at the same time, I kind of hated the business. I kind of hated the job. <laughs> but the the downside was, or the, the down slash good side was, it, it got successful. Um, so we had employees, we didn't have to worry about money. Like it was just, it was like, oh, this is working. And it was a big lesson for me to learn to not rail against that success and sort of realize that just because I wanted to be, you know, uh, a pop star doesn't mean that I can, I could just, I, that I have to just trash my successes elsewhere, my other successes. So it's like I can have this web business and I can do music stuff, which is what I did. I had this like when Brittle Star started. I had a successful web business and I was like, well, all right, I got staff and employees. I guess I can just like spend today recording. Oh, okay. This works out great. I love my business again and, uh, and do that. So I think it's important not to rail against your own successes. It's important to realize that you, you don't have to, uh, it's not like it's all or nothing. You just, no one gets that luxury. No one's all or nothing. Even like, I remember talking to one of uh, someone I know who's incredibly wealthy and, incredibly successful and i asked them you know how do you like what's the biggest source of your income and they're like i have my finger in a number of pies <laughs> that's basically <laughs> it <laughs> so it's good i think that the key the key is is like you could do a whole bunch of things at once and especially now with digital that sounds like an old guy thing to say but it's true uh you know having the tv studio in your pocket having the ability the means of production are so low cost now that you can do a whole bunch of stuff and you don't know what's going to stick. You don't get to pick your hits. You just do it. I mean, I didn't choose to make comedy at all, but it worked. And I was like, Oh, all right, this is fun. Sure. Let's do this. So to that idea of, um, you know, making it work when you have multiple fingers and multiple pies, uh, and you were, <laughs> you were six sexual innuendo. Yeah. Side. Um, well. <laughs> It's on the table now. I gotta, gotta go with it. Um, how did you separate yourself? How did you separate? How did you start to differentiate? This is, this is Stuart. This is Brittle mm. Star. Or are they different? 
Um, I mean, I think you the biggest danger in being self-employed and 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 being in the a creative industry whatever that creative industry is whether it be making videos and social or graphic design or podcasting or whatever is that it never feels done it never there's always something there's always literally always something you should do and even when you're sitting there you're like oh, i should be doing this i should be oh, i should be making a video about this or i should be doing something on this so you never really get it's easy to fall into a trap of like not really getting rested and, and all that kind of thing. So you do have to kind of really consistently and constantly tell yourself and remind yourself that uh, what you do is work. <laughs> so you have to kind of, even though it's fun, that's great. Uh, but it's mentally taxing and exhausting and, and you need to just like every now and then go, Nope, going to shut her down now. It's going to shut her down. And, uh, do nothing and it's going to be torture for the first couple hours and then I'll be fine and then I'll come out of it and I'll be I'll be nice um so I think it's really important to do that but I think the biggest thing for me is for on social is that uh like for social media I find it hard to be on there personally now like meaning uh brittle star on twitter and everywhere on social media is essentially me it's essentially me um who's constant it's a, it's me who's constantly shilling stuff and uh and trying to brighten people's days and all that kind of thing. And I'll share certain things, but you know, I've trained myself to get out of like, you know, yelling about the cable company or something like that. It's like, I just don't do that anymore because people aren't looking to you for that. And I, and I really don't use my personal Facebook profile anymore at all. It's just like, I, I can't, I just can't do that anymore. I, I just don't feel comfortable and it feels weird. And, uh, you're probably getting feels... thousands of friend requests a day. Well, I get, I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe, I don't know, I don't check, but, uh, it's, it's, it's just too much. So I'll just keep to my you know, public personas and I feel a bit more guarded that way. And I feel a bit more like I don't need to, uh, uh, you know, explain myself personally all the time. If it's just the brittle star brand and it's like, boom, that's just what's happening. And that I get a much more cocky under that brand than I am personally. And I love the personas. Uh, Stuart Brittlestar, thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, what do you want to plug? What do you want to talk about? T talk, um, talk about something. Okay, someone stuck around to the end of the interview. Sure, exactly. Of course they did. Well, I mean, there's a few things. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, first of all, go buy my merch, peacelovecanada.ca. Uh, you don't have to be Canadian to buy it. Uh, we'll sell it to anybody. We just money works anywhere. Uh, and the other thing is, if uh, you're listening to this before Christmas time, go to christmaswishtree.com, which is a site that I created, which has a listing of women's shelters in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., and links to a bunch of stuff they need, plus also toys for kids that kids have picked out. And you can do that drunk. I love charity. You can do drunk. So that's one of the charities you can do drunk. Christmaswishtree.com. Greatly appreciate it. I'll clip that, and that way we can use it. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun. Man, that was fun, wasn't it? I defy you to find a more down-to-earth and humble guy than that. So uh, kudos and thank you to Brittlestar for doing all of the uh, fantastic work he does, uh, the charity work, the, the taking time out of his day to talk to a guy like me. That's charity work. He doesn't need me, um, but he's doing it to help out uh, a fellow creator, and uh, I greatly appreciate it. And I, I hope one day to be able to pay it forward uh, if, if I, if I quote-unquote make it. Thank you for watching, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening. Damn. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. 
we have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.